If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Well, welcome to State of the Nation, the Friday edition. I am Steve Hook, broadcasting live from the Central Jersey Shore. And there he is now, Brian McClain Hesher, uh, broadcasting live from Central Texas. Hesher, happy Friday to you, my friend. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You as well. Uh, It's been a uh, high-speed week, high-speed, low-drag week for sure. Uh, Yes, yes, it has been. And more coming up. I want to tell you about the uh, Julian Assange deal because TNT is going to be all over this, man. You may recall last December, Julian Assange's two-day public hearing was announced for February 20th and 21st. That's coming up in about four days now, happening at the UK High Court to determine whether Julian will have permission to appeal this case or whether he's going to be extradited to the U.S. We hope it's the former rather than the latter, but TNT will be at the Royal Courts of Justice broadcasting and covering for the entire two days, if that's what it takes. And then TNT will be broadcasting from various locations throughout London. And by the way, speaking of London, the London premiere of The Trust Fall, Julian Assange, will be at the Rio Cinemas on Sunday the 18th uh, at 1 p.m. So that's what, day after tomorrow, the film is going to be followed by a panel discussion and then a Q&A with Tariq Ali, Kristen Hafferson, and maybe Stella Assange, we hope. To find out more, uh, just search The Trustfall, Julian Assange, London premiere, uh, and you'll get all the details there. Lighting the fuse for freedom, it's today's News Talk TNT. Well, Hesher, um, lots going on. Uh, of course, we you know this is we could say this, uh, put that on a loop because a lot is always going on. Uh, Fannie Willis was scheduled to testify again today. She didn't. Instead, she uh, they did a uh, uh, they 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 changed it up, and Fannie's daddy came and sat in instead. So we'll talk about that in just a bit. Uh, but also, I wanted to mention this, Hesher, because in light of the Robert Herr report, the reverberations of this report are still being felt everywhere. It was just recently announced that, remember when uh, uh, Joe Biden got all indignant about the fact that Robert Herr would even bring up his son's uh, death, Bo's death? And he said, and the first thing I thought was, why is this SOB even asking, bringing this up? And I couldn't believe it. It's none of his damn business. Well, as it turns out, uh, and this is one of the reasons why people want the transcript of this completely released, Robert Hur didn't bring up Bo Biden. Joe Biden brought up uh, Bo Biden. So <laughs> he, he didn't even bring him up. It's very, very crazy. Uh, but now House Republicans are pushing Bo, uh, Joe Biden to take a cognitive test and uh, Ronnie, Representative Ronnie Jackson from your state of Texas, Ash, who, of course, was a former White House physician, he served under Bush uh, all eight years of Obama and then, of course, the four years under Trump. He is calling for this, as well as 83 other House Republicans, including House GOP Conference Chair Elise Stefanik and Chief Deputy Whip Guy uh, Reschendaler, uh, all arguing that he makes a lot of gaffes, but we need to take a cognitive test on him. 
What do you? Where's this gonna go, Asher? <laughs> Nowhere. It's gonna go into the memory <laughs> hole, probably. Uh, no pun intended there. Sorry, Joe. But you know, yeah, I don't think it's gonna go anywhere. I mean, obviously, everybody, uh, you know, anybody with half a brain wants to see this happen. But at the same time, it's almost like you know, it's just a confirmation of something that we all see happening in front of us. So. I don't know, Steve. It's it's uh it's a real embarrassment. It's a sad embarrassment. It's a humiliation on the nation and, you know, on a human level, a humiliation on Joe Biden. Yeah, but you know, listen, I know that we want to say, "Oh, well, he's being humiliated as well." Joe Biden has led a life of grift. I don't feel too terribly bad for him. But I do know this, and this is one of the things that really drives me nuts about this, Ash, is that the media was all over Trump. Uh, they were saying, yeah, we should invoke the uh, 25th Amendment on Trump. He's, uh, bye -bye. And they, God, CNN had this psychiatrist that was on all the time saying he's showing signs. Yeah. He needs a cognitive test. You remember that? And and oh, yeah. Trump, Trump took the cognitive test. And then he came out and said, I aced it, uh, A plus, you know. And so, and Ronnie Jackson came out and said, yeah, he passed it. So if Biden could take this and pass it, he would take it, but he can't. And as I mentioned yesterday, I think I wouldn't be at all surprised if he has taken a cognitive test behind closed doors that has now just been kind of any plans on taking another one completely scuttled because he probably failed it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And why would they tell us if he did? There's no no reason for us to expect the American public to expect they would be honest with us about the outcome of said test. Yeah, or and for that matter, you're absolutely spot on. And also, no American believes the media is ever going to hold them accountable. The whole thing has been a complete disaster for them. Hey, TNT is an independent global news talk station that does what others claim to do, but they don't. TNT is a live radio and TV broadcaster that simply tells the tr truth 24 hours a day, seven days a week. No one in the world is doing what we do. We crisscross the globe, providing credible news and opinion all day, all night. In the two and a half years that TNT has been around, we've become a credible and exciting platform with brilliant hosts and staff. And it's a critical time, and we must continue to call out misinformation and propaganda for what it is. From the mainstream media, as we were just talking about, and of course, their powerful sponsors. Now we're appealing to our many friends and supporters around the world to go to TNTradio.live and make a small donation to TNT while we seek to uh, the right investors to continue this very important miss, uh, mission at today's News Talk TNT. Okay, well, Hesh, let's take a breather and come back and talk to Timothy Shea. Does that sound like a plan? Let's do it. Run it. All right, we'll be right back on State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT. Keeping the commitment 24-7. I come to you for facts. I really appreciate what you and your team do. Today's News Talk Radio TNT. Okay, well, as promised, we're going to bring our, our, our colleague and friend in from The Reckoning with Timothy Shea. It is Timothy Shea. Hello, Timothy. It's good to see you, brother. Um, Gentlemen, always great to be with you. Let's uh, let's talk about it. Um, you just heard what Hesh and I were discussing. Ronnie Jackson is pushing for a cognitive test that is never going to happen. Come on, uh, man. But I, he, he passed with flying colors. They graded it on the curve. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a steep curve. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he but, wears uh, aviators he took and he one drives and, 
He drives oh, a Corvette on, and he wears aviators. So I mean, he's got to be right in the head, right? I mean, that's all. Well, you th need. that's right. They gave him they gave him sixty four points for cool and uh, one point for intellect, and so he got a sixty five. He barely passed, but he did pass. Yeah, I I, I was I was you know perusing the uh, the interwebs after this whole report came out a few days ago. And I don't know who it was. I think it was a, a, one of the hosts on MSNBC. It may have been Rachel Maddow, for that matter, now that I think about it. She posted on X, of course this guy's with it. He rides bikes, for God's sakes. And then <laughs> somebody immediately hit it with that <laughs> the bike falling over. When he, yeah, I'm like, he rides wow. bikes. He just can't stand astride one for more than three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just forgets when you stop, you've got to take your feet off the pedals. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. You know, we're laughing, but really, this is tragic. This is an embarrassment to the world. Everybody knows. And look, people hate Putin. One thing Putin isn't is stupid, right? George yeah. Bush thought he was smarter than Putin and thought that he could just, eh, we're just going to tell him we're going to have NATO and Ukraine and Georgia. Well, how well did that work out, W? And then yeah. under Obama, Putin took Crimea, which it had an ancestral right to. It actually has an ancestral right to all of Ukraine. And now under Biden, he's invaded the Donbass, Donetsk and Luhansk provinces. Yeah. Did I miss well, a president in there? Oh, yeah. yeah. Donald Trump, the warmonger, the man that's a threat to democracy, the man that's going to end civilization as we know it. Yeah. Putin did nothing under Trump. Why? Trump is Putin's only intellectual equal. Putin might not be a good guy, but he's not a stupid guy. He's a very, very intelligent guy. And you know what I actually admire about Putin? I, I will give credit where credit is due. I admire the Democrats for having no shame and pushing their agenda come what may. And I admire them for sticking together, even though there might be fractious infighting behind the scenes. I really admire Putin for being Russia first. And Tucker goes over there, shows us an unbelievable subway, shows us grocery stores where food is 25% of what it would be here. And he proclaims himself to be radicalized. And, and now the left is losing their minds over Tucker. And there's a story today that came out, the sad story in many eyes, that Alexei Anatolievich Navalny has died in Russian prison. Now, Navalny's been a political prisoner in the Gulag for several years now. They're, they haven't released how he died or why. There is speculation that he was poisoned back in 2020, 2021. He was on a flight to Germany and fell ill. And doctors diagnosed him as having been poisoned with the Soviet-era nerve agent. Uh, so there's more to the story. But the real story from the American perspective here is how the left is using this as propaganda against Putin. Now, Putin may very well be behind his poisoning and his death now. We don't know, but that's exactly the point. We don't know. These people didn't lose their mind when Whitey Bulger was murdered during a prison transfer. They didn't lose their minds when Jeffrey Epstein mysteriously had all the cameras that could have caught the culprit turned off or broken the guards happened to be asleep you know all of these things that led to the meme that jeffrey epstein didn't kill himself or didn't hang himself and maybe epstein did but the point is 
the very fact that we no longer trust our government to tell us the truth and the media to tell us the truth, as you pointed out, Hesher, that's the real story here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, but Navalny did appear yesterday in a Russian court. I mean, he did appear and he right. was joking around with the judge saying, you need to send me some money. Now, I'm not, you know, look, I don't know what happened in the inner workings. I'll say this. I've said and I'll say it again and again and again. Putin does not wear a white hat. The man is a thug. No doubt about it. I suspect he probably did have this guy killed. But to your point, Tim, and it's a damn good one. Why should we trust the media on any of this? And it's just a little bit ironic that they're all out there now saying, well, this is what Putin does. This is what, while at the same time, they're trying to bankrupt Trump and lock him up for life in prison and hopes he dies there. It's, uh, right. it's, it's a little rich. Steve, and, and on furthermore, X, Oh, go ahead, Brian. Hold on one second. Furthermore, I didn't hear anything from Biden when Gonzalo Lira was killed Thank in you. a Ukrainian Great prison. Point. I didn't hear anything from our administration when John McAfee was most likely assassinated in a Spanish prison. And this week we're finding out that, oh yeah, the CIA, the FBI are colluding with international intelligence agencies to subvert our own constitution here, to subvert our own election processes here. Why would we assume that that's not happening with all these other high profile killings too? Absolutely, Brian. And toward that point, there's a lot of speculation on X today that it was CIA that was behind the Navalny murder in order to push for more aid for Ukraine. Remember, we also found out yesterday that Mike Turner, who everybody thought was America first, Mike Turner from Southwest Ohio, whose district just happens to comprise Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, was the one that got that whole, we've got a national security emergency facing America and the White House needs to declassify it and got everybody mannequin in a panic and Joe Biden's White House came out. Note I didn't say Joe Biden. And he does what he's told <laughs> if he wants fruit cup on Fridays. And he comes out and expresses outrage, outrage that Representative Turner would spill the beans on this. And then it turns out that Turner colluded with the White House to draft the whole thing, the press release and everything. So God. we can't even trust guys that supposedly are America first. Well, listen, guys, I don't mean to interrupt this train of thought because it's very interesting, but I thought I would chime in with this. Uh, the judge in the New York Trump civil fraud case has ordered him and his businesses to pay over $350 million, basically finding him guilty of this, uh, which even Deutsche Bank and all the banks that were involved said there was no crime. But there you go. Uh, this Erdogan character, this freakish-looking judge who is married to a hardcore anti-Trumper, he is one as well, uh, and and now th they found him guilty of this in order to pay three hundred. Well, and Steve, and this yet, was at Soviet the same state. time, they're sitting there saying, look at what Russia, look at what Putin does to his political enemies. <laughs> exactly. And this is this was a Soviet-style show trial. He was already found guilty before the trial even started. This was just to determine how much he'd have to pay. And we all knew that Engeron was going to go for the maximum. And he still is sticking to his valuation of $18 uh, million for Mar-a-Lago, which is just ludicrous. This is all going to go away on appeal. The question is, did he order a conservatorship of the Trump businesses in New York? Did he order that the state come in and operate those businesses?
Yeah, exactly. uh, don't know that yet. It's just being now reported. That's the, so have to that's the critical issue. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They were trying to take it away from Trump and his kids. But go ahead, Dash. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah, no, that's all right. As we're out of time here, so we got to let you go, Timbo. Uh, I want to recommend great conversation you, as always. Great conversation as always. Exactly. Check out the reckoning with our friend Timothy Shea right here on today's news talk, Monday through Friday, six p.m. Eastern. And Timothy, we appreciate you here at State of the Nation. This is today's news talk, TNT. TNT's Abby Roberts. So this is the headline in The Guardian. Pleasure of sex is a gift from God, but avoid porn. Pope advises. What is it with religious people and sex? Isn't there anything else that's, that's, that's more important to worry about? And this is what, uh, this is what Pope Francis uh, say. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read in an Italian accent just to be even more offensive. Sexual pleasure is a gift from God. But Catholics must avoid pornography, Pope Francis has said. The pontiff... Oh, I'll tell you what, though. He was all for giving people lots of pricks during 2021. Bloody hell. mRNA's fine, but just not porn. Abby Roberts on TNT. The Irish government is proposing a law known as the Hate Speech Bill that threatens free speech. This law could have dire consequences for our democracy. This law will have uncertain effects on artistic and musical expression. It could stifle the activity of public campaigning on political and civil issues and also curtail speech relating to topics about religion, ethnicity, sex and gender. You could even be jailed for possessing documents, cartoons or memes on your devices, even if you never read them or intended on sharing them. Mere possession could make you a criminal under this law. Help stop this law. Visit www freespeechireland.ie forward slash take action to bend the hate speech bill. Well, I want to say this, and I'm going to say it just once. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, a lot of Americans asking themselves these days, what exactly is the role of uh, our federal intelligence agencies and our federal law enforcement agencies at the highest echelons? Uh, we've been told the focus is law and order and national security. Although one need not peel back very many layers uh, to discover a long-reaching trend of these agencies being at the pointy edge of the spear in matters that are patently not in the purview of law, order, and national security in some cases. Um, and, and, you know, as an example, we're now learning new details about the Obama administration wielding the full power of the Five Eyes intelligence agencies, the FBI, the DOJ, and others to abuse the FOIA system, to spy on a presidential candidate, and to send foreign intelligence assets to bump associates of the Donald Trump campaign. Um, why would you do this? I mean, it looks like a subversion of the U.S. Constitution. It looks like a subversion of American civil rights, um, you know, and uh, it looks like a disruption of the U.S. electoral process. So uh, this is really under the spotlight right now. And joining us now is a true subject matter expert, Lieutenant Colonel Anthony Schaefer, retired, is the president of the London Center for Policy Research, a New York Times bestselling author and CIA-trained intelligence operations officer with 35 years of experience 
in global and national security. I can't think of anyone better to ask these questions to than him. Tony, it's great to see you again, sir. Thank you for joining us. Your thoughts on that uh, situation? I'm I'm really curious because it's um it's really got a lot of people saying, wait a minute. You mean the conspiracy theory people were right about our intelligence agencies? I know. Well, thanks, uh, Brian. Thanks, Steve. Good to be here with both of you. Um, Steve and I have talked about this quite a bit. As a matter of fact, um, I'm on record being one of those conspiracy guys because uh, I said exactly what we now know on the 5th of March, 2017. I was, and you can Google this. So I said Soviet level wrongdoing. And I said, all roads lead back to Barack Obama. And uh, I was just talking to Ed Henry earlier today. Ed is over at my network now, Newsmax. Ed was the Fox News anchor, and he has said that they were yelling in his ear, yelling at his ear on the on the seventh on the fifth of March, saying, "Shut him up! Stop him from saying what he's saying!" Because I laid it out on live TV on Fox and Fox and Friends, laid it all out. Just said, "This is what we're going to come to find." And so, what I find frightening is it took people doubted me to begin with. It's like, okay, kind of, I've done this a day or two. Uh, this is something that uh, that I know is possible, but I don't think, uh, Brian, anybody could conceive that the agencies would be so evil to do this. But when you look at John Brennan, you look at uh, uh, Jim Clapper, who I know, Jim Clapper and I have gone round and round a number of times, and you you lo lock that in with a guy named uh, uh, Joe Biden, who was the vice president who wanted to go after Mike Flynn, and you you put Barack Obama, which I think is is almost as the, the most corrupt president. Perhaps he is. He and Joe are tied, I think. And then the the assessment very clearly was correct. And here we are, literally what five years later, recognizing that yeah, this is all real. And, but the question then becomes, what are we going to do about it? Because okay, it's real now. What are we going to do? Yeah, that no, and that that is the question, though, isn't it? And Tony, it is great to see you again. I mean. We had on the program yesterday, George Papadopoulos, and I put that to him. I said, look, I'm yeah. reading, I'm reading Schellenberger's Substack here. And, and most of us, uh, certainly you included have always suspected all along that, oh man, this was ordered from the highest levels. Right. And I put it to George. I said, listen, according to the Substack, it looks like Brennan, then director of CIA under Obama is the one that was the catalyst to get the five eyes involved. He's the he one was. that organized the team. And I he said was. to George, I said, George, he could not have done this if it was not green-lighted by Obama Absolutely. himself. And, and he, that's what he said. So, right. good Lord, why do you, if you can, Tony, and I don't know that we have enough time in the show, but can you try and nutshell just how deep this corruption uh, is and who it touched uh, as, as it worked its way through the chain? Well, I reference back to the Susan... Um, the Susan Rice memo, I think of 7, October, 7 January, she basically did a memo saying that they only followed orders. I don't, I, I don't have it in front of me, but there was a memo that's been noted. She outlined what they did in that memo, basically saying, oh, this is all, we all did this legally. And she kind of outlined the, the framework. The of Nuremberg defense. Yeah. And then um, obviously you had James Comey, Jim Comey, who was a, a co-conspirator. These all, all, they all were in on it. You know, Peter Strzok, uh, actually the guy who was in charge of counterintelligence in the FBI, said that they were in contact with the White House. Look, Steve, full disclosure, I've I've been involved in operations like this, no doubt, but they were all focused on bad guys overseas trying to get uh, clandestine uh, intelligence on on who, you know, I've, I've had to brief the White House several times, so I know how these things work. 
certain operations will not be approved or conducted without the highest level, as in the big guy himself, uh, knowing exactly what's going on. Because in many instances, especially in this one, we're talking about with Papadopoulos and with Mike Flynn, who had to basically not, not only skirt the law, not kind of walk up to the edge and dance on it, you had to basically go around it. And the only people who would be willing to go around it as professionals uh, are those who they knew that the president himself approved this. So it's just like it's just like the movie uh, with Harrison Ford. I used to love that. How dare you, Mr. President? Uh, clear and present danger. You know, yeah, they, they had a memo like that 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 gave permission for these knuckleheads to go do it. And John Brennan had a copy. Uh, uh, um, uh, Jim James, uh, uh, what's his name? The director of the FBI had a copy. They all had copies of this and they were all in it together. And, and, and by the way, Susan Rice, who wrote the memo, she's still over at the Biden White House helping protect and, 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 and cover up all this stuff. I mean, the uh, the cover up is one of the most staggering parts, as you said. You know, you were yeah. there in in real time, and and saying exactly what was happening. And it's like you've got news producers trying to shut down the host that you're talking to. Thank goodness yeah. that doesn't happen to us here at TNT. <laughs> that in and of itself is amazing. But the fact that that happened, and now here we are, five years later, five years later. Yeah. And 500 bazillion psyops later, and 500 bazillion catastrophes later, yeah. 500 bazillion illegal immigrants later. Um, it's like, how do we even? We got to take a headline. It'll be brief, but when we get back from the headline, I'm curious. Like, how do we? How do we pump the brakes? Go back to this moment five years ago, and and rectify it, make it right. You know, I mean, obviously Trump pardoned Papadopoulos and you know, a lot of that, but it's like, this is so wrong. It's so against our, our country, our values, our constitution, our rule of law. I mean, it is just flagrantly wrong. And I want to get your opinion on how do sure. we pump the brakes? How do we go back? How do we make this right? How do we stop it from ever happening again? Right here on State of the Nation at today's News Talk TNT. I got news for you. TNT Radio News. It's about hey, TNT, this is James O'Neill. Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis faced scrutiny on the witness stand regarding her alleged ethical violations in the prosecution of former President Donald Trump and 18 co-defendants. The number of homes destroyed by bushfires on the edge of Victoria's Grampians National Park in Pominal has risen to 44, nearly half the town. Two Chinese fishermen drowned after their vessel capsized while being pursued by Taiwan's Coast Guard near the Kimmen Archipelago. Globalist agendas, democratic rights at risk, corruption, propaganda, it never stops. For the news and views silenced by the mainstream media, by government and corporations, vote one. TNT Radio. Free speech always has a home here. Stay up to date with the latest live news and current affairs delivered by our lineup of expert commentators and hosts. Listen to TNT Radio anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk. This is TNT Radio. Tony, the big question, how do we make that make it such that this is made right and that these sort of activities are halted and stopped yeah. don't want everybody does not want this interfering with the 2024 election because many people feel like a trump win is basically the only hope that we have and then we can start working back ways what are you thinking in this regard so i think that's the, the only hope at this point because um even mike turner and this whole oh we've got uh, russians trying to put uh, nuclear missiles in, in in orbits like 
I think that started happening since 1960. I think I don't think it's a new thing. So, um, so I, I think that we have to recognize that even those on the conservative side of the national security enterprise are all about trying to protect the mono state. There, there's a there's a essentially this 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 goo, if you will, right in the middle. The left and right come together and they focus on power at power uh, for, for power's sake. And so I think uh, Trump. I know Donald Trump. I've, I've advised him. I've spoken to the man. I don't think that's how he sees the best future of, the Amer of America to have a single party essentially kind of crossing over to help each other protect their their uh, their hold on power. That's why he's a disruptor. And I think he'd come in and change all this. So how do you do it? Well, you fire people. You go down and my and several friends of mine have said this on air and in different interviews. You go down three levels. You basically start with a plan. You remove senior leader leaders. Uh, as Reagan's uh, guys have always told me, people are per, uh, people are policy. The people you pick become the policy. You got to pick the right people to go in there and start firing people, and then you you move forward with accountability. Some of these people who engaged in this thing against Papadopoulos and uh, all these other folks need to go to jail. I think John. You know, speaking of jail, I think John Brennan needs to be in jail. Jim Clapper needs to be in jail, and I would. I think I still believe that Barack Obama needs to be indicted more than trump way more than trump for his authorization to do this whole plan outside of legal uh, uh, means this was extra legal uh, which means in my view it's it's illegal and i think that's where uh trump is the only hope at this point of that happening should he come in yeah and the and the, it, you know it must be nice to have, be a political party and have 98 percent of the press get your back yeah. and cover you because none of these questions are being asked about wait a minute this looks suspiciously like uh Maybe Obama has his fingerprints all over this. Yeah, well, no kidding there, Wolf yeah. Blitzer or whoever. I mean, of course he had his fingerprints all over this. Now, yeah. you know, Tony, when we talk about Trump being the only hope, this is this is where it gets kind of scary because we saw what just happened in New York, this civil trial, where now he's yeah. being forced basically to give up. Now he's going to appeal this, obviously. But let me see. They 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 clipped him for $87 million to give to this woman that he has no recollection of, this E. Jean Carroll. Then they've popped him for another $370 million and basically give up Trump Enterprises in New York. And that's why I was saying to you off the air, while at the same time they're doing all of this to him, they're telling us how we should all fear Putin. And I have no doubt that Putin is not a good guy. Okay. Let's just right. get that out there. Yeah. But the, 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 the complete lack of um, any, any kind of to look at these and not see, Hey, you're doing exactly what you're accusing right. Putin have done. Yeah. Look, I've it's, said it's bizarre. No, I've said, you you know, regarding Putin, he's a thug. I said, you can take the, the man out of the Soviet. You can't take the Soviet out of the man. And he's, he's still a Soviet. I mean, it is what it is. I'm not saying that, it, you know, all of his trolls get upset with me. It's like, dude, he calls himself a, a thug in his own book. What do you want? So, but my to your point, Steve, yeah, we've got thuggery and Soviet-level behavior by our own government, by Joe Biden. Joe Biden, if given the chance, would see Joe see Donald Trump in jail and die just like that, that dissident did in, in Russia. There's no difference now. There's no difference that these folks are reflecting off each other at this point. There's no difference between Joe Biden and, and Joe Stalin, as far as I'm concerned, because the, the means that they're trying to inflict on the American people justify their goal of continued power no matter what. And it's very dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tony, I know you're short on time and we got to let you go. I uh, just want to let you know how much we appreciate you, your work, your candor here and joining us, taking the time to join us at State of the Nation. 
And uh, also, I'll just throw in, this is kind of interesting. Also, Ukraine just released a pro-Russian disinformation list to America, including a bunch of mainstream uh, journalists and reporters. And this has happened before. And what did they do? Yeah. Uh, the U.S. government worked with big tech to suppress those people. So, of course. I mean, that's That says a lot. <laughs> doesn't well one off. one last note before we go tony blinken's counterpart has just proposed that they rename Avdeka, which is about the fall of the russians Prague, so that that uh, they can justify us giving them 60 billion dollars and invoking article 5 of nato so th think about what i just said brian they want to basically change the name of the town so they oh it's nato we can attack this is how stupid naive and dangerously uh, 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 aggressive in, in their uh, misinterpretation or misuse of authorities just to try to start World War III. That's what they're trying to do here. So uh, this is dangerous. It's stupid. But that's the thinking. I mean, a high school debating team wouldn't even be that stupid. Oh, we need to rename it so that it's something in NATO. Come on. I mean, but this is this is how bad things are getting right now. This, and this is Blinken's counterpart. This is their foreign minister in, in Ukraine proposing this. This is not about good order, not uh, trying to do what's best for the Ukrainian people. This is out about a small group, mostly WEF guys, who want to push this one world governance and get us into World War III. And I don't, I couldn't even speculate why that is at this point, but I have some ideas. So, Jeez. Well, we're going to have to have you back on to discuss those ideas, sure. Tony. And thanks so much for joining us today on State of the Nation. Have a wonderful Thank weekend, you. my friend. You too. All Thank right. you. Take care. There he goes. That's Tony Schaefer. You're watching State of the Nation on a happy Friday. We'll be back after this. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. Make no mistake, it wasn't none of these candidates that pulled 62.9% of the vote in Nevada. It was Donald Trump. Donald Trump is the one that beat Icky Nicky, Never Nicky, Neocon Nicky. 62.9 to 30.1%. But Nikki's undeterred. She's going to remain in it no matter what. Chris Christie, meanwhile, has announced that he hasn't ruled out an independent run for the presidency in 2024. I guess because he did so well in the Republican primary, he thinks there's ample appetite out there for him as a independent candidate. These people aren't delusional. They know they have no chance. They're being paid to stay in it. Why? To push the Donald Trump is dangerous narrative. Well, guess what? Donald Trump is dangerous. He's dangerous to the globalist plans to take over the world and subject we the people under the boot heel of tyranny. He's dangerous to the Democrats' plans to keep the border open and destroy our country from within. He's dangerous to the status quo. And that's exactly why we love him. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for today's News Talk, TNT. You ever heard of a polyp? Sounds like a rare species of toad. Actually, it's a lump that grows inside me, your bowel. Look, I'm pretty sure if you had a strange lump growing on your forehead, you might get it looked at, right? But when they're growing inside me, nothing, nada. And the polyps I get can lead to Australia's second deadliest cancer. So, until there's a way to make them grow on your face, it's up to you to get me looked at. Got it? The conversation continues with Brian McLean and Steve Hook at State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, well, one of the most watched Senate races in the country this year is Virginia. Tim Kaine is a, well, he's certainly a beatable incumbent uh, for the, uh, the, the Senate seat. 
The question is, who's going to become the GOP nominee to take on Kane? The Virginia primary election coming up in June. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how it shakes out. There's a very strong field of Republican candidates, that's for sure. And and one of those strong candidates joins us now, joins us again, I should say. Eddie Garcia is a veteran with 22 years of military service, including six combat deployments in both Iraq and Afghanistan. Eddie also worked closely with policy experts, legislators, and the Pentagon to pass some national security legislation. He works with Gold Star families and all kinds of veteran causes, and we welcome him back to the program. Eddie, it's great to see you. How is the campaign going? How are you doing, sir? Well, well, thanks for having me, Steve. Uh, the campaign's going great. I'm doing wonderful. Uh, hitting third gear, ready to hit fourth. Uh, uh, we're about five and a half months away from primary day. Uh, primary season starts on May 3rd, so it's coming quick. Uh, and we're super excited. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're really excited to have you back. Um, as far as updates from your constituents go, I know you're out there talking to people all the time. I mean, that's something that uh, we've talked about before, but... Um, what last time we talked about that actually we were talking about how uh people in in your state are are concerned about the border issue and uh we're sort of updating you know uh, our philosophy on the border i'm kind of trying to it's worked into my brain but i'm trying to stop saying southern border issue because it's the entire thing it's all ports of entry it's our airways it's our northern border our southern border so i mean it's hard to minimize the issue at the southern border but when I, I feel like when I say it that way, I'm minimizing the issues, you know, everywhere else. So what, what are your thoughts on that? And what are you hearing from people in your state? Well, that's the, that's the number one issue on the top of everyone's mind, uh, regardless of where I go is where, 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 where my, what my stance is on the border and how are we going to fix it? Uh, as a, as a son of South Texas, uh, I've had to look and grow up with that border for 42 years of my life as a, as the husband of a naturalized citizen. Uh, I'm the only one in this race, uh, from the Republican side that has, that, that has had to deal with the immigration system, uh, as an adult and, and navigate the complexities of that, which took us a lot of time, uh, a lot of confusion, a lot of money. Uh, so the, the border holistically, uh, we, we got to have a plan to secure, but we also got to have the, a plan for the next steps so that uh, it doesn't rest on the executive branch. Uh, the executive branch has all the power and control right now because Congress refuses to do its job. Um, one, we need to secure the border. We need to come up with a sustainable plan to continue to, to fund uh, border security holistically. Uh, and then we got to start looking at codifying some of these policies that are currently reside in the executive branch um, in legislation. That's what Congress can do. We can institute um, remain in Mexico, for instance, from, from a legislative standpoint. We can make that the law. We don't have to wait until um, uh, until we have a, a president that, that agrees with us to implement it themselves. So Congress has a role to play here. I, I talk about solutions and, and, and that's what people want to hear. We want to know what are the what are the solutions going forward so that we can solve these problems instead of dealing with it for 20 and 30 years. Yeah. Well, you know, Eddie, one of, one of the problems, and, and this is, I think we, we, this is, we, we found that this is true when it comes we've, we've talked about the Iowa caucuses, the, the exit polls show the number one, uh, thought that everybody was thinking about when they went into the polls was the border. Same happened in New Hampshire, Nevada, ditto. Uh, certainly probably when we see this uh, South Carolina primary land, we're going to get the same results. So everybody around the country is worried about the border. 
And we all know what the strategy is, or at least I think most of us are kind of clued in by now. They're trying to flood the zone. They're trying to change up uh, congressional districts, and they're basically trying to give themselves a permanent majority by rigging the system. So <laughs> why can't we get somebody? I, now, I know you're about to hopefully become a, a member of the Senate, and I don't want to get you on Mitch McConnell's bad side right out of the gate here. But Mitch McConnell seems to be a stumbling block on a lot of this. God knows if the House had their way, they would do it. And I know the votes aren't necessarily there for McConnell, but at least he could be a little bit more proactive in saying, look, we're going to completely flip this thing around. I mean, and we need to start talking about perhaps deportations because we've got loads and loads of military-aged men from over 160 countries. We have no clue who they are. I just, it scares the hell out of me, Eddie. Well, Stephen, you, you you hit on a touching point, a talking point that uh, for for me that that's personal uh, is that there's two types of candidates out here right now. These are uh, the candidates that are backed by party establishment, by people in D.C., like the individuals that are in office that you mentioned, uh, and then there are grassroots candidates that uh, that aren't looking to D.C. for approval. Uh, I'm one of those candidates. Uh, I'm 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 working on the ground. I'm meeting with people. I'm I'm talking about issues that they care about and talking about solutions for America. I I don't. Uh, to your point, uh, what I get a lot in in Southwest uh, or in Southwest Virginia is that uh, we have a Republican Party that will bend over backwards uh, for progressive leaning uh, Democrats culturally uh, to and pass policies that they're in favor of. Uh, meanwhile, we have a uh, uh, we have Republicans and conservatives across the nation, across Virginia, that our DC establishment. Uh, even in our own party, won't pass a bill to protect or defend or enhance or or do anything for us. And we have to change that. We we can't simply be governed um, at, at in Washington D.C. by by people who have disdain for working people and and are only concerned with who has the most money. How do they can how can they control the the, the most power and how they can rule over people's lives for 20, 30 years for generations? Uh, we we have to do it different. Which is which is why I'm 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 running to provide uh, an an option for working people that that doesn't look the same as it has in the past that can uh, that has solutions for the future and most importantly that can grow the tent that we're going to need in order to win elections. Uh, everybody cares about this border issue. You know who cares about the border issue more than anybody? Low income Hispanics do that across Virginia and across America. We know the Hispanic community knows that an open border hurts our community the most. Uh, it, it it the drugs that flow in flow into our neighborhoods. The crime that comes in, uh, the, those criminals live in our neighborhoods. The the unaccompanied minors that come across, they're crowding our public schools. The resources that are that are needed for for the poor and the, and and the needy right here in America, um, those resources are being sucked up at, at the southern border. It hurts us the most, but we have to have somebody who culturally understands that, and most importantly, can make that argument, make that message in, in a way that uh, that that isn't off putting. Uh, because you know how the Democrats will change, will, will, will turn it on us. I'm that candidate. Uh, I'm the only one out there that's that's fighting this issue at, uh, at, to the Hispanics uh, in the Hispanic community specifically, and and telling them uh, that they're going to have a champion on their side too. One that uh, that that secures the border first and foremost, and and codifies these the, these um, these policies that we want to put in place in order to protect them. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to underline what you just said. You know, you, you know, very well because, you know, because of your wife's situation, because of your time spent in, in Southern Texas, 
There are, I, I have friends in, in similar positions. You know, one of, one of my good friends is married to a Mexican American and, uh, you know, I've sat down with them for dinner before and heard her talk about, you know, how she feels about the open border and she is no fan. She is no fan of it. And, you know, neither are the members of her family. Um, you know, they worked really hard to come here and they went through everything they needed to do to, you know, get their, get their citizenship and and they see what's coming over the border and it's like this is exactly you know the, the this is the type of reason why i came here in the first place was to come to a place that wasn't corrupt and allowing this kind of thing and now crime is on the rise corruption's on the rise and you know when we look at the senate in particular uh, a lot of people feel like the the they're not being represented there because they see these lockstep votes it's always like you know 100 you know boom um, and there's, there's really, it, it concerns people, especially there's new reports coming out. We're going to expand on this later in the program today, but there's new reports coming out saying that, um, many people on Capitol Hill are representatives in Congress and Senate are making up to 280% above the S and P average on wall street. And I gotta wonder if that's not a big problem, why things happen in lockstep in the Senate. Well, Ryan, it's always the money. I'm a I'm a first time candidate. Uh, one of the major lessons I've learned over this past 12 months is that Washington, D.C. is run by money. And it's the individuals that can that can cozy up uh, to those who have the most money, get the most backing. And so we're, we're, we're talking about this border issue. I, I say this on the campaign trail everywhere I go. No one loves a caravan of migrants coming, uh, heading to our Southern border more than a Republican fundraiser because they get to generate outrage. They get to raise a ton of money. And then right after that, uh, the Democrat fundraisers point at the Republican fundraisers and they say, look at how much money the Republicans are, are, are raising. You have to send us money. The The fundraisers make money. The consultants make money. The the lobbyists make money. The, 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 the politicians, you know, donations skyrocket. And then three months later, another caravan starts to, starts to form and we do it all over again. And, and that is the reason we have so many of these problems that are never solved because uh, you have these big dollar donors on both the left and the right. Uh, but specifically, uh, you know, I'm in the primary, so I'll talk about the right that live out of state that, you know, the, the, the big organizations backed by billionaires that are that, that the names we're all familiar with uh, run by organizations like Club for Growth and 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 uh, Americans for Prosperities. And there's a whole bunch of them uh, who back candidates who are, are, are bought, right? I mean, that's, that is their goal. Their goal is to, is to make as much money as they can, or to bring in as much money as they can to run their campaigns. And, and then they lose. Um, but meanwhile, everybody around them makes out. And so we, we got to stop that. We, we got to have a, we got to have a government that comes from the people not at the people. And we start by getting rid of some of these, uh, you know, uh, you know, big dollar out of town or out of state funders of these campaigns these packs uh, they raise too much money and they're too influential they're too powerful and we never have any solutions for 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 people in, in across the country wow gee and you wonder why people are so damn cynical in this country these days right um you know <laughs> i tell you Eddie, one of the things that's so frustrating about the border beyond the obviousness beyond the fentanyl deaths beyond the sex trafficking beyond all the evils that we could laundry list here if we had a few more hours but one of the things is every time we talk about securing the border the the pushback is 
This has been a problem for multiple administrations. This, this, we haven't had an immigration bill since 1986. We need to have a fundamental change in the image. Uh, and nobody pushes back and says, wait a minute, we can talk about that, but let's seal the damn border first. How about we secure the border? Then we talk about uh, this, this, you know, big time new immigration plan you, you want to put together, but seal the border. And the American people are getting furious and not just red state Americans to an increasing number. Blue city Americans are getting very angry about this. I think the Democrats are starting to pick up on it. They're pivoting on it a little bit, but the plan remains in effect. Leave the border wide open. We've impeached Mayorkas, but what's the next step? How do we secure that border without having to go through the whole gymnastics of uh, a complete comprehensive immigration bill? Well, we got to fund it. I mean, quite quite simply, if you go back to 2017, uh, President Donald Trump was trying to get a 300 or a 1300 mile uh, border wall in place. Uh, CBS did a report and said it would cost $21 billion. We we just didn't have the money to do it. Uh, Six years, seven years later, we spent hundreds of billions of dollars and we still don't have that security that we were looking for. Uh, So the failure to invest then uh, has led to the to the what we see right now. And and to the point you made earlier, it's it's the Democrats are obviously against the Republicans all the time, but it's even people in the Republican establishment, uh, people in Washington, D.C see that have no incentive because they're backed by people who who benefit they benefit off the cheap labor they they benefit on the process they benefit on the 501c3s that get paid uh with with unaccountable monies that come directly from our federal government because of this uh there's so many grifters there's so much money that's circulating around this around this area that if, if we don't get these career politicians out if we don't have someone who can't be bought uh in office we're going to continue to look at these problems year after year the money goes out and problems never get solved solutions never come up we can secure that border we can secure the border day one uh come january 20th when we have a new president sworn in a republican senate and house uh and and that's number one on my list how frustrating is it to you to to hear like uh, ever since the trump era you know uh, oh, we just don't have the money. There's no money for it. There's no money for it. And then, you know, we're uh, given the the globalist gift of the COVID scam, and we're given the globalist gift of uh, a, a war in Ukraine. Um, and there's just all of a sudden, there's endless money for all those things. Like, oh, we can't afford our, our own little border security here. Sorry, gang, that's just too much for the federal government. Oh, but a, a, a particle is, is circling the globe and... Uh, you know, only 99.06 people survive from it. So let's print billions and billions of dollars. Let's let's send, a, I mean, even just Ukraine, let's just set all that aside. You know, maybe I'm being too hyperbolic. We'll set all that aside, just Ukraine. We're going to be looking at over $160 billion if this next round goes through. Uh, how many border walls could we have built for $160 billion? How, how much could we have addressed fentanyl and homelessness for that much money? Yeah, a smart man once said, don't do math in public, but there's about six border walls that you just named off. Um, And and that's exactly right. There's never enough money when it comes to veterans, when it comes to seniors, to where it comes to uh, Americans. We have hundreds of billions to send around the world uh, and we can't find uh, and we can't find housing for for homeless veterans. Uh, We got uh, hundreds of billions to go to Ukraine. uh, But East Palestine, uh, 370 days later, has yet to see the president of the United States. He's supposed to be there today. So we'll see uh, to to see that the president even come down and, and take a look at what the 
disaster that has uh, befallen to that community with, with very little help from the federal government. Um, there's there's money for everybody else, for Middle Eastern sheikhs uh, all across the, the 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 world in Africa and Latin America. But we have uh, seniors that are losing their homes right now. We got people who can't see a doctor because we don't have enough because uh, because we don't have enough medical practitioners and community hospitals are failing. Uh, the things that government can do and should be doing, which is working and uh, for for the American people, is sadly fixated across the entire world. If you live out of this country, the American government probably works pretty good for you. But if you're an American citizen in this country, the government just doesn't. And it lands at the feet at, at these so-called leaders that are in Washington, D.C. Uh, I'll keep coming back to it because it, it's just the truth. We have to get people who want to serve and not be served and understand what that is, what that means. We got to we got to eliminate the incentives to keep these guys in office and and dying of old age in the, in, in the Senate, in the House. Uh, we got to stop them from cashing in on the backs of working people. If we don't do that this system is just going to keep on keeping on and i don't believe that's where anybody wants it to be i don't i don't believe anybody's happy right now um america still has the greatest uh, framework to be the greatest nation uh, in the history of the world and, and and i believe that i believe i talk about this better tomorrow but it starts with, with with getting these guys out of office they've just been around for far too long and they're disconnected from working people yeah well one of the guys that's been in office for a long time is one that you're hoping to be able to challenge, that would be Tim Kaine. He's seeking a third term in the Senate, so that would be, what, 18 years, I guess. But he's just basic. I mean, he is kind of a mushy middle guy. I mean, he is. I think he can be beaten. What are Virginians saying about Tim Kaine? How does his approval numbers look in the Commonwealth of Virginia? Well, believe it or not, is I mean, most people don't know who he is. And then people who do know who, who he is are usually on the Republican side and they aren't happy with him. Uh, but the guy's a familiar name. So, yeah, he's been around uh, for two terms in the Senate. He's been lieutenant governor. He's been a governor. He's been uh, the, the mayor of Richmond. Uh, he's been the he's been a politician for 30 years. Uh, but he doesn't do much. He doesn't say much. And that's his strength. His strength is the fact that he doesn't do much and people don't know who he is. Uh, and so to beat someone like that, we got to be the exact opposite of it. While he's old and tired, uh, I, I got to be young and energetic. While he doesn't do much and he doesn't have a lot of solutions, I got to have solutions to the problems that people care about and, and the concerns uh, of them and their family. And so we're getting out to to beat him from the from the bottom up. I mean, he being a politician for 30 years, you get uh, you, you get a lot of money from out of state donors. You you know a lot of wealthy people who uh, are entrenched in that system. And so uh, we're not going to outraise them. We're not going to beat them over the top, but we can beat them from underneath. Uh, and that's with and that's with the growing Hispanic population here in Virginia, uh, who who live conservatively, who want to start small businesses, who are le here legally and who have came here legally and want to uh, don't want to be overtaxed and overregulated, who want their kids to to attend good schools or have the ability to, to for school choice themselves. Um, there's 770,000 veterans. So 10% of the population is uh, in Virginia are veterans. I'm a 22 year army veteran with six combat deployments. Who's talking about eliminating taxes on all retirement accounts to include veterans retirements. Uh, th there's a growing population of, of kids coming out of college that Republicans are struggling to message to. They're struggling to, to reach. I've been doing a college tour for the last three, uh, three weeks here locally hitting a lot of college campuses and I'll continue to uh, because we got to have a message for them too. If college kids are care, care about their uh, student debt, if they care about rising rents and, and the ability to have a job and prosper, so do I. And I got to have a message for them. But that's how we win. We win by building the coalition of, of Virginians that want to see positive change.
That's right. All right. Eddie Garcia, thank you so much for joining us once again here at State of the Nation. I'll get the website out, eddiegarciava.com. That's where you go to support. And we definitely recommend that you do that. It's it's not often that you see a, a senatorial candidate who's at, you know, saying, hey, let's do term limits. You know, that's a good <laughs> sign right there. Eddie, thank you so much. Once again, this is State of the Nation. Stay tuned. We got more for you after these messages from today's news talk TNT.